Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander, and as always, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Dave Glanz and Mike Morandi. Mm-hmm. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello gentlemen. gentlemen. And this is the podcast where we talk about classic movies in a modern cinematic context. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking talking about the 1984 action comedy directed by Martin Brest. Um, uh, Watch Bev- your mouth. What's the name of the movie? Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly What's the name of the director? Martin Brest. Huh. So, um, yes, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And here's the trailer? No, no, not, not yet. No, no, okay. If you want to find us on the web, you can do so at reviewedpodcast.com, at facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast, and you can email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com. And now, as Dave so beautifully teed up, <laughs> here is a trailer for Beverly Hills Cop. Eddie Murphy is a Detroit cop. Hey! vacation in Beverly Hills. I just got off the phone with an Inspector Todd in Detroit. He says if you're out here investigating the Tandino murder, you needn't bother coming back. I don't want to take it anymore. For a man who claims to be on vacation, you look a lot like you're on a stakeout. Stakeout? No, no. I'm picnicking. This is like a picnic area. I have to ask you some questions about Michael Tandino. I've never been to a cell that had a phone in it. Can I stay for a while? Because I ordered some pizza. We have six witnesses that say you broke in and started tearing up the place, then jumped out the window. Wow, that was a long trailer. <laughs> so wow. long. So long. Wow. Every, every, in the 80s, every trailer was so long. Like 20 minutes long. Hmm. Um, so, guys, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch a movie to you guys. Pitch okay. a movie, go ahead. I'm going to p- pitch a film. Mm-hmm. It, um, it's about a tough cop from Detroit mm. who's Italian. And his mm-hmm. brother is murdered by the mob, mm-hmm. and he has to go and solve the murder because he has connections to uh, California, Beverly Hills, California. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this film is, is full of action and romance, and uh, it stars Sylvester Stallone. And the movie is called <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> and the reason I say this is that was the movie that this should have been, should have been, until two weeks prior to filming. Or could have been. Or could have been. Uh, two weeks prior to filming, Mr. Stallone dropped out of the film You're because they did me, not really? have the budget to produce the script that he wanted mm. to produce with the action scenes that they didn't want to, uh, that he wanted to shoot. So they instead uh, reached out to uh, an actor who was really shining bright, who had a, you know some big hits and was a big uh, popular comedian at the time, Mr. Eddie Murphy. They rewrote the script in two weeks and ended up filming the movie that we see today, which is the story of Axel Foley, a uh, cop from Detroit, a detective from Detroit, whose friend is murdered, and uh, he must travel uh, all the way to California to figure out uh, the cause behind the, uh, the crime. And it's a fish out of water story. It's an action movie. It's a comedy, and that is the film we had today. So, Mike, turning to you first, because uh, <laughs> I'm guessing you haven't seen this movie. You've seen no movies. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Um, after watching the uh, Eddie Murphy version of this film, would you have rather seen the Stallone I see, version? I'd rather go see the Stallone version. No. No. <laughs> no. No. Oh, my God, no. I was getting ready to stop even, the podcast. I can't, even, I can't even joke about that. That's like, it's heresy. <laughs> no. Um, oh, God. I can't imagine how bad that movie would I mean, it probably would have been fine. Just a very different movie, and I think that would have been a, a great disservice to the world of film and comedy. Yeah. Um, well, if they had tried to make it comic, and certainly <laughs> no, I'm saying like comedy wouldn't have this gem of. Bever- I, I really like Beverly Hills Cop. I think I uh, it's it was fun. I mean, anytime I watch a comedy, I think I tend to be a little more lenient on the movie because I don't. I know it's not supposed to be any great work of art, so I can kind of just relax and have fun. 
Um, and I think it is a fun movie. I think it's got a lot of really good lines. And I think Eddie Murphy is great. I think he's got some excellent deliveries and some lines are just really good. Um, and I think I, that, that's not to say that the movie isn't good as a movie itself. I feel like the craft is very good. I think that there's a a good story. I like the character arc between him and his his cops in Beverly Hills and uh, Rosewood and Taggart and uh, Bogomil and that whole squad out there. I think that their relationship as it progresses in the movie is very interesting. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of great, I think, just good moments, especially between him and Taggart because the two of them are like polar opposites. And I think there's just something really funny about seeing the two of them like in particular at a strip club sitting across from each other and trying to discuss the surroundings mm-hmm. and one guy's just like staring into his beer and he's like hey come on and he's dancing yeah, Murphy's <laughs> dancing yeah. shimmying and he's like hey, have some fun and then he's just sitting there like we gotta get out of here this is not I, I just I, the juxtaposition of those two characters and kind of how Rosewood is in the middle mm-hmm. um, kind of in the middle between the two of them acting as like almost a uh, Rosewood is the guy played by a, a Judge Judge uh, Reinhold Judge Reinhold thank yeah. you mm-hmm. Um, who, what else has he been in, by the way? Lots of lots of eighties uh, movies. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much more I have to say, but I, I think uh, okay, so I think we're done. I think we can. No, I think even for you guys, I think we're. I think, I think I said it all. Yeah. No. Um, I, yeah, I just I'll keep I'll keep it short and simple. I think it was it's funny. It's fun. Yeah. Um, and you like some, some interesting choices. I like Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Um, I really like his laugh. Yeah. Is that his real laugh or is that a character laugh? He had the he had a famous laugh. <laughs> That's his thing. Like the, That's his thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> um, so I mean, just you know, on a basic, I mean, the premise of this show is: does the movie hold up? Does yeah. the movie hold up? Yeah, and it does so in a very endearingly eighties fashion. You got people walking around, in in a way, I think almost pokes at fun at itself because he mm-hmm. sees people wearing Michael Jackson jackets on the street, and he's like, look, look at these guys. Like you can see, he's like laughing at. Well, them. this was Michael Jackson was like really cool in like nineteen eighty three, nineteen eighty four. Right, he was the. He was, but everybody thought it was he cool. was bad, Dave. Bad, right? This was before bad. This is a thriller. <laughs> thriller jacket. This is thriller. Yeah, yeah it's the red, the red leather jacket. Yeah. There's two guys. I think there's at least three guys in the movie with it. He mentions how he's going to interview Michael Jackson. Yeah. So this yeah. Thing, it's just it's 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 very dated in, in a nice way. It's in a nostalgic way of just mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's um, obviously like a very modern movie for 1984, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, um, the, even the title treatment, Beverly Hills Cop, the way it comes in, it's very... Uh, oh, I, mean, I think I missed it. Uh, and I am a freak. You know, it's got, it's got like the paint. I think it's just like the poster. It's like cop is yeah, painting yeah. on or whatever. I think. Um, oh, one more thing. Um, we'll talk about it later. The chase sequence. There's some, there's some weird choices in the film. We'll get back into that. But I want to say I, I love the, op- the cinematography of the opening mm-hmm. of like showing the, like just streets and areas in Detroit. Like... Mm-hmm. I can't. I feel like that's on par with any like serious, like like heavy duty movie. Like a serious, the shots of some of the neighborhoods and the people move. I mean, it's it's beautifully photographed, um, mm. uh, cinematographed, 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 photographed. Photographed. Yeah. So anyway, I'll pass it to you, Dave. Yeah. So Dave, did I'm guessing you've seen this movie multiple times, right? <laughs> no, no, actually, I've what? seen it. I've seen it in bits and pieces multiple times. I don't know that I've actually, actually seen it all the way through. No way. So you pulled an so, Ivan when watching this movie. Uh, yeah. I pulled an Ivan. I, <laughs> I, I, I would just watch it and fall asleep like <laughs> Ivan always does, and then <laughs> walks out I in the middle of the conversation. Forced myself to stay awake. I said, <laughs> "Yeah." So, so I watched it. In watching it all the way through, how, I mean, what are you what are you thinking here? Uh, I think I'm thinking it's okay. I'm thinking oh. it's a good movie. Oh. Uh, it's a hard band to please. I mean, are, are, okay. are you gonna? Are you, are you guys gonna both love this movie? Because no, no, no. Mike didn't like. He's not. He's not totally hundred percent on board yet. Here's the thing: is that uh, 
the, the, the Martin Brest movie that I watched from the 80s the most and appreciate the most is Midnight Run. And I and the, the Eddie Murphy movie. Never seen it, by the way. Midnight Run is an excellent I movie. I also it's, never it's, have it's seen it. It's basically, for me, it was Martin, the, this guy Martin Brest did a lot of like action comedy type movies, I think. I until, mean, he until, he, until he made Geely. Until he made Geely, right? Which is an action comedy too, but a terrible movie, which I've only seen bits and pieces. We should of talk too. about, I saw you said that you discussed No, yeah, earlier. we'll get into yeah, that. But yeah. um, So Martin Brest, this was, I think this was his first movie, right? I, I think. It's not his first. It's his first, uh, this was his big first studio effort. Um, and it, and we're talking you're about. Right. He did have like three other movies. And we're talking about, you know, an untested director being given um, a, a significant budget for the time, mm-hmm. be giving an action, you know, movie with a big star. Mm-hmm. And um, he really delivered. I mean, this movie was a humongous hit when it came out in 1984. Mm-hmm. And Eddie, but Eddie Murphy had only been, you know, it was like 1981 when he he made it to when he was on Saturday Night Live. So he, you know, his his kind of like rocket to stardom was very. He was he was only two or three years, you know, before he'd been in the public consciousness. So it wasn't like he had been around a long time. And this was like a big, you know, this was this was Eddie Murphy like really breaking through to a really wide audience. I mean, he was in 48 you know, Hours, Trading Places. They were they were hit comedies, but. Beverly Hills Cop was I think was number one for like 15 weeks in a row. 14 weeks in a row, and yeah. it was the. Um, it was the it, it held the title of being the um, like staying having like the highest grossing R rated movie of all time until The Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, like it was the, like that was an R. It wasn't rated R. Yeah, it yeah, was. it was. It was. Matrix, no, all, all the Matrix. Matrix. All the matrices are rated R. But I mean, think about that. No, A movie wait, that came out in nineteen eighty four. Rated R. Well, I mean, there's um, there's a lot of. Shooting and blood and stuff. It's not, in there. It's not gore though. Well, it's, it's, it's mostly it's mostly um, I, I, I would assume it's mostly. There's no nudity. Isn't there oh, a naked he, rave sequence in the second no, one? No, I don't think you see anything. Okay, so Beverly Hills Cop is a rated R movie because there's You're a lot like of I've swearing. looked at every frame. <laughs> I've, I've searched. I've scoured those movies. I mean, there's a lot of swearing in the movie. You say fuck oh, in yeah. a movie, then you're going to get a rated R. You're Great, gonna, thanks, so. Dave. Now we got put. An well, now we got to put an explicit tag on the podcast. Come on, man. He did so casually. He didn't even bat an eye. Listeners' virgin ears. I apologize. There was like a six-year-old listening, and now he's not allowed. We just lost him and his whole so, family. Here are my thoughts on Beverly Hills Cop. Beverly, I used to get Beverly Hills Cop one and two mixed up when I watched them as a kid. And if you watch them now, they look so totally different. Beverly Hills Cop two is directed by Tony Scott, who is the director of a movie that we m- may be discussing next time. Uh, but his style is so different. In fact, when I watched when I watched Beverly Hills Cop, I, th- I think Netflix popped up. Do you, you want to watch Beverly Hills Cop two? And I said, I'll watch a few yeah, minutes. I have no life. Check, sure. it, check it out. So I watched it for a few minutes, and it's just so uh, different. The, at least the look is. And if you if you look at the um, even what Eddie Murphy's doing in both movies, he's so much more over the top in Beverly Hills uh, Part Two. That's hard to do. And uh, yeah, and he's already over the top. Yeah, wow. Um, but uh, I did appreciate Eddie Murphy uh, in this movie. I mean, he's I've always been a fan of Eddie Murphy. I like Eddie Murphy. I don't really. Here's my question to you guys. When was the last time you went and saw an Eddie Murphy movie? I don't know. I, I'm not sure um, if I've ever seen him in a movie, actually. <laughs> if you really? can believe that. Um, the last time I've seen him in a film in theaters was Dream Girls. Dream Girls. Dream Girls. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like 2006 or 7. Well, an Oscar for that. He was at least nominated, nominated for it. Right. Oh, he, he was nominated and won a Golden Globe. Right? That's yeah. correct. Um, but yeah, that's the last time I've seen I think him. the last time I paid to go see an Eddie Murphy movie was The, was the Nutty Professor. <laughs> paid. Oh, like the, like the one from 1996 or whenever that was. Oh, I like The Nutty Professor. Yeah, I think I, that's I, got I, some good, strong comedic moments in it. Yeah, I, I, enjoyed, <laughs> I enjoyed it when it came out. But that's I, the most intelligent thing anyone's ever said about The Nutty Professor. <laughs> There's some good stuff in The Nutty Professor. Yeah, that's no, what these snobs about. It, that's a good it, movie. It got uh, relatively good reviews at the time. And Beverly Hills Cop got good reviews too, I think. 
But I had no idea that it was supposed to be a Stallone vehicle until years and years later. I thought, really? It's like, yeah. And I guess you could see how you could twist the story around. I can't, like you can't you can't imagine this movie as a as a Stallone movie and a comedy for sure. No, I but mean, it's not. I mean, the plot isn't what wins this. Like, it's not right. what gets this thing. It's what makes really this movie the, is is the character, the characters, uh, in the way chemistry, comedy. Right? Yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah. His chemistry with these Beverly Hills uh, actual cops, um, and uh, you know, and his just. I mean, it, this movie is about Eddie Murphy stealing scenes, right? I mean, he you know he he walks into a warehouse and pretends to be a customs inspector. I mean, those are the scenes that you, people probably went back to watch over and over again. It wasn't the scenes with uh, it, you know, they weren't terrible scenes, but the chemistry between Judge Reinhold and John Aston, who plays two other cops that he kind of buddy he's buddies with, you know, they're they're fine. But you know, people were going back to see to those back, movies. It was, right? Eddie, Eddie it was Eddie Murphy, Murphy doing yeah. the like these incredibly. Uh, witty, uh, yeah. you know, scenes where he's basically kind of getting away with stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, as a cop, and so it's a fun movie. It's 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 not like too. Um, if you again, if you watch Beverly Hills Cop two, the direction is just so in your face. This movie, the direction is just kind of he, he kind of gets out of the way a little bit to let let the actors do what they need to do. But the story is like nothing special, and this mm. the whole the setup to the whole. Um, you know, Eddie Murphy with his friend at the beginning. I never really bought that they were friends in the first place. I mean, uh, you know, it, 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 it seems like it, it would be a guy that Sylvester Stallone was friends with. It's like, they should have got an actor that maybe Eddie Murphy might have actually felt like he had some chemistry with at the beginning. I don't know. You I, know? Buy, I, buy, I feel like Eddie Murphy probably came cool from with a, that. A, bad, a bad neighborhood. This guy wasn't like a real, real tough guy. He wasn't scary. I feel like they're cut from the same cloth. These troublemakers, they're kind of, you know, a little rough around I, the edges, but they're not really that bad of people, I just, you know. I just didn't buy it. I just didn't buy I didn't buy their friendship at the beginning of the movie. And I remember seeing it, like, years ago and thinking, like, oh, I, I, why does he go to Beverly Hills? So I had to go back and rewatch the beginning of the movie. And like, oh, his friend dies. His friend's not that interesting. It's like, and, well, and, no. And it doesn't but, really, and he never really convinces you that he is so upset about it that he actually has to go out to Beverly Hills to. I, I think to, we could have used it. a moment where maybe we see him mourning it. I don't think we ever see that. See, I, th- I like the moment in the bar when he's talking to him about like, you know, like why'd you never snitch on him? And he's like, come mm-hmm. on, man, it's because I love you. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like that scene. I thought that was a nice like moment between the two of them. But I don't think we ever see a scene where he's kind of coming to terms with. We don't know. We don't see like where he is when he finds out the guy dies. Right. I feel like we needed that to really get the emotional impact of like, oh wow, he's really upset about this, right. and therefore we are really upset about this. And that is the story of this movie, right? He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's a Detroit really, cop. Like, His friend is killed. He goes to Beverly Hills to 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 find out who exact vengeance. Right? I think it's right. like a, using the law to exact vengeance. And I can yeah. picture, I can picture Sylvester Stallone in, in my head. I can like like having the sunglasses next to a sunset, like pulling him down, looking really sad. Yeah, <laughs> staring off into the, the room. You know, I wait, just, wait, I can wait, picture, wait. It, Sylvester, are you, are you here? I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, the pop-up that's not podcast. bad. That's really not bad. Podcast, you know. the, the noises were the best. best no. part of it. Yeah, when you were just yeah. doing the grunting. <laughs> um, All right, take it away. Uh, yeah, I, this film was very interesting to me because I think it's, it's such a choice. It is. It was my choice, and I used to. I watched it a lot as a kid, which is why I wanted to see it again. I haven't mm. seen it in uh, several years. We owned it on Betamax as a child. Several uh, years. Betamax. Yeah, we had a you we had, had beta beta, we had a Betamax wow. player. Um, is that why you named Space your son Age? Max? Yes, after a dead <laughs> technology format. Um, here, this movie is fascinating to me because it is such a great example about how movie making is often re- reliant totally on serendipity. Because yeah. I bring up the whole Stallone thing because this movie would suck if Sylvester Stallone was in it. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that um, I think that Eddie Murphy gives one of the greatest comedic performances 
ever in this film. I think he's wow. fantastic in it. I think he's oh, amazing. Oh, you did go on record saying this is the, the greatest comedy ever made, right? Was this what we No, no, no. That's, that's Major League. Let's, oh, that's let's Major League. Okay, well, I thought you said Wayne's World. Oh, and Wayne's World. Wayne's World and Major League are up there as the two greatest comedies of all time. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> this film, I don't think... I think I totally agree with you. I think the plot of this movie is so forgettable and so bad. And yeah, in fact, yeah. every time that they get into the mechanics of this case, like it's like a bad law and order episode. It's just like <laughs> they, he never makes a mistake. There's no twist to it. The bad guy was the same bad guy that you was always drug dealers. It's always drug dealers. In the yeah. End, it's right? about drug dealers. The bad guy was the same bad guy. That was always the bad guy. There's yeah. something to be he's said though. Comically evil. Like Euro he's, trash. he's Euro trash, German eighties <laughs> evil, yeah. which is like every action movie in the eighties was it, German. All the weapon movies. All the and, movies. Exactly. Oh, and, and, and even Die Hard does something different where they make him a criminal that, is supposed to be like that German Euro trash, but who doesn't even care about yeah. things really? And that's at least a twist on that. Right. Um, but yeah, this film, if you look at the action beats of this film, it doesn't work. But comedically, this movie's awesome. Yeah. And it still totally holds up. And not just in a way like, oh, that was funny in the 80s. No, this is legit it's still funny. funny. Now, yeah. Like, there are legit funny scenes in this movie. And the, the, greatest, the greatest scene I can point to, and I'll try to play a clip here if i can't find it online but it's the uh the serge scene where he sees it meets yeah, him at yeah, the yeah, um yeah, yeah. Okay. at the art gallery yeah. i'm fine my name is serge and how can i help you um yeah i'm looking for miss jenny summers it's very busy today maybe you give me your name my name is axel foley and uh, what it's pertaining i didn't understand what you said pertaining what it's meaning regarding oh what's it regarding i'm an old acquaintance of hers Donay, one moment. Donay, run and tell me, Summers, that uh, Mr. Ahmed Foley is here to no, see. Axel Foley. Axel. Ahmed, Ahwell. Axel. Foley is here to see her. He's our old acquaintance. Donay, this is covered this up. It's I'm like sorry. the breast of a dog to scrub for the customer. It's not sexy, it's animal. No, it's not sexy at all. May I offer you something to drink? A wine, a cocktail, a. a Espresso? No, I'm fine, thank you. I'll make it to myself right back there with a little lemon twist. It's good. You should try it. No, I'm, I'm fine. I see you look at this piece. Yeah, I was wondering how much something like this went for. $130,000. Get the fuck out of here! No, I cannot. It's serious because it's very important piece. Have you ever sold one of these? Sell it yesterday to a collector. Get the fuck no, out of I'm here! I'm sorry, else I said it myself. <laughs> That scene is just so brilliantly perfect. And because so you, it, it, it even seems to me that Serge is trying not to laugh in the scene. I think like they're both barely, trying not to barely laugh. Barely keeping yeah. it together. But it's just like the it's way that played Serge, by a young Bronson Pink, Pinko. I think is that who it is? Pink, Pinko, Pink, yeah, from Perfect Bronson Strangers. Bronson Pincho. Pincho is that uh, Pincho? But the just the way he says, "Oh, she's very busy." Like the way she, yeah. the way he says yeah. that, and I then the close that shut. It's, it's not sexy. Not it's, it's sexy like, for no, well, he got he got his show from. I mean, from his. I think he he was only in a couple scenes. And the reason, and the reason, the reason I think that this movie is such a great comedy is represented in that scene because every side character in this movie is comical and to a heightened point, but feels like a real person. Yes. Um, Rosewood is the naive, um, you know, cop, Young but he cop, feels yeah. real enough that. He his comedic beats don't feel so over the top. You're like, oh, that can never be a realistic person. Everybody in this movie, every character, side character is given, I feel like, some semblance of personality. Humanity, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the police chief you see at the beginning, 
uh, um, the black police chief that chews. Oh, he's awesome. Oh, yeah. to, to chews Eddie Murphy out. He gets one scene and he kills it. <laughs> yeah, he and, and, and he even gets a great, even that scene is given a great comedic uh, denouement where he walks away and he's like, oh, you still got a little ass left, chief. He talks <laughs> I about how he I had to go back and find it on YouTube because I was laughing about it the next day. But like stuff like that is a, where I think this film goes the extra mile. And I think it's, it, it has a lot to do with Eddie Murphy's performance, almost entirely so. But I also think the direction of this movie, and I'm glad you brought up Beverly Hills Cop 2, which is so directed so over the top. Um, this film is directed in a way where it's not at all. And it, and it totally, it helps the movie because of it. Um, a great, and a great example of that is the opening sequence where Eddie Murphy is trying to do this sting operation. Yeah. When the police the car police drives car. up, it just slowly pulls up in the yeah. backdrop. Yeah. And you're like, wait, is that, that- going to be bad? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this isn't going to be good. Like, and you think that Eddie Murphy is a, a criminal at this point. I, I thought he might've been undercover and that was like his bros arriving. Like he, was, he was just supposed to just detain these guys for a certain amount of time for the cut. Co- and then I realized he's getting in trouble too. So they're not even part of like that operation. But like, I, mean, I think there would be yeah. a hard secret to keep when you're going to see a movie in the, on the poster. It says Beverly Hills Cop and Eddie Murphy's holding a gun next to this word cop. I mean, you're going to know. But, yeah. but, really but it could have been like, this could have been his story about how he became a cop. I wasn't okay. sure where it was going. You don't know where this he, is happening he, in the timeline of the movie. Street and, they, you know. and I think that there are certain cinematic things that the film does. Like there's a certain visual way the movie is constructed that doesn't feel, um, it doesn't feel slowly paced, surprisingly. It feels very briskly paced. I think each scene is shot simply but very effectively I think this is a really well directed movie I think that just the way he handles scenes and characters and all of that uh, works out all in the end and I want to talk I want to talk about the difference between what makes a great comedy and what makes a great action movie because I don't think the action scenes in this movie Hold up, and I, I I would argue that the climax of the film, this big the sh- opening five minutes. Well, well, the, <laughs> well the, the, goofy. The, the climactic <laughs> action sequence at the end of the film, where they're having this shootout at the bad guy's house. Yeah. Um, what's the? Like, he's so forgettable. Maitland. I can't, Maitland. Maitland. I can't remember his name. Victor Maitland. Victor Maitland. That action sequence is 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 the least interesting part of the movie yeah. and 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 it's the climax but right. I, I i still enjoy it i think it's got some fun moments in it like i i mean god when rosewood stands up with his bad it's like you're all under arrest <laughs> that seems great killed. and then he does it again and then he gets the comeback but, yeah it's got some good it's got some good scenes but i agree with you yeah there's definitely it, it becomes just like a a shootout but not necessarily even like an exciting it's, it's just, just not more an of interesting like, it's like sprays of bullets people dodging yeah. and it's like everyone being like people firing on them with tons of bullets they all somehow miss them with like it's just like yeah, yeah, it yeah. does this very 80s thing where all the bad guys have long hair or yeah. or, or, or and wearing suits firing at someone with a machine yeah, gun they're that always like, in a balcony they're always shooting machine guns they <laughs> they're always spraying. miss they're just spraying and, right? and, the, and, the, and the good guys are always doing somersaults for some reason yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they always just you know do a somersault Yelling, pop cover up, me and then shoot them with one shot with a pistol yeah. And I think that's where the movie starts to falter. But I just, I think that all the comedic set pieces in the film totally work on, on, on an excellent level. And um, I won't even go into how some of the logic doesn't quite make sense. I just love those scenes so much. I love that strip club scene so much. Like where they, uh, they take down the uh, two um yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, kind of dumb. That it is ridiculous that anyone would try to rob a strip club. It makes yeah. no sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was going to be like he knew that that club was somehow uh, in Maitland's Something crime like. ring, and he got one of. The, I'm like, oh, it was just a random robbery. He just happened to be there for. And so, I mean, one yeah. thing we didn't mention is that this movie was produced by Jerry uh, Bruckheimer and Don Simpson, who Correct. were the same producers that produced Top Gun. And this was a movie a couple years before Top Gun. They were kind of honing their. Exactly. producing craft yeah. and I, I feel like they had 
certain things that they just had to drop in to movies, and one of them is well, breasts. I mean, not Martin. It was breasts, directed by actual yeah, breasts. actual breasts. Do you think that's Our why director they... can have a? Breast. So they're like, well, we need we need a hostage scene. We need like a bank robbery. Well, instead of at a bank, what if it's at a strip club? <laughs> you know, and they're like, you know, let's make sure there's some song in here that's gonna get uh, put on a soundtrack and it's gonna make us even more money. I mean, the songs in this movie like have no connection to the scenes that they're actually playing over. I mean, that opening chase scene, I was I was really trying to listen. I was like, okay, the song's playing. What is the song saying? I can't. It's it's, it's saying it's like, about, yeah, have fun. Don't worry about it. Well, it's just it's it's just like something that might have been on the radio in nineteen eighty. And you get is that the saxophone one? No, uh, the, um, no. Oh, 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 the uh, the heat is on, or is that what, yeah. that what it is? The heat is on. Yeah. Do, 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 well, it is do, summer do, do, in Detroit, and it's hot. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I can't. I mean, yes, I agree. There yeah. are moments that just don't quite coalesce in the film. Right. But I just think that like. If someone were to say, what is a really important comedic performance for me to watch? If, I'm, if I need to watch a, a collection of great comedic performances, I would totally put this movie in. I would put Eddie Murphy in 48 Hours or Coming to America before I would put, him, put this one for it, honestly. Oh, but, man. I don't know. I yeah. mean, I love Coming to America, too. But I, just, I think that the reason I like this so much is that he goes over the top. Mm-hmm. At certain points, you know, he's got his crazy laugh, as Mike mentioned. Mm-hmm. And he says <laughs> that, that, that right there. Right. But at the same time, he still reverts to being a normal character. Like when he he's can ta- get serious at certain when, times. When, when he's talking then. to his friend and telling him about um, Mikey's you know, Mikey's dad, that's a serious moment. And yeah. it's, it's meant to be, it's meant to be treated as such. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a real character. And I feel like this is the problem that Hollywood does with all movies and what they did with Beverly Hills Cop 2 and 3. They're like, oh, the reason everyone likes Axel Foley is because he's a crazy over-the-top character. <laughs> so they strip away all the normal portions of his personality for the sequels. And it becomes just a caricature of and, a and Yeah, it becomes, you know, it's the Johnny Depp thing in, in, in Pirates of the Caribbean. They're like, uh-huh. everyone loved yeah. Johnny Depp. Let's make the whole or, movie Johnny say, Depp. Uh, yeah. The Office, Dwight Schrute's character became, in the beginning, I think he was a very real character. And by mm-hmm. the end of the series, he just became... Came this over the top like Kramer does the yeah. same thing in Seinfeld. Kramer, Kramer starts yeah. as an eccentric person that becomes an insane person by the end of the <laughs> right, Seinfeld right, run. Right, right. And I think that you know this is why I like I, I like movies where the comedy where the comedy feels um, like organic and yeah, somewhat somewhat grounded, and you somewhat feel a grounded, grounded and restrained. Yeah. And I, this is an issue I have with a lot of comedies that are really popular nowadays. And sometimes I can take it better than others. But I mean, I like Will Ferrell a lot. Don't get me wrong. I think he's really good. But I, I have a real issue where. It feels like they're improving to the point where they're just hoping that something funny happens. Right. So they're just kind of yeah, like yeah, screaming yeah. at each other a lot. Right. And I, I, you know, I think that there's there's a difference between great improv, which I think is represented here. I think a lot of this stuff felt organic to the process. Mm. Whereas, you know, where even the the shots are planned out and they know where the scene is going. Whereas in a lot of modern comedies, it's just like, well, we got some funny actors, so something's gonna drop that's gonna be funny. Right. And I, I, I think that that's what you know sets apart a movie like Beverly Hills Cop. So I've been talking forever. So Mike, <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> Well, I'm back back over here. We're caught in an infinite loop. Um, so let's talk about. I was I was blown away by the opening five minutes, and how much money where he's in the where he's in the he's selling cigarettes. No, after that, the, the chase scene where they wreck half of Detroit. Oh right, and well, fifty thousand cars. Like, yeah. what did that cost? I feel like that's like three quarters of the, the budget was thing. right there, yeah. and has nothing to do with the plot at all. Yeah. Like, I almost I almost think I was expecting that for the end of the movie. That's where that should have. <laughs> that's you know? it is it is very structurally odd because they put their they they basically blow their load yeah. <laughs> action wise the in the first you know yeah. five minutes you get Eddie Murphy hanging on the, obviously a stunt double hanging on <laughs> right, the back right. of the truck or whatever I do love th- there's something 
I mean, don't get me wrong; it was great, but I feel like it, it had the potency was misused. You know what I mean? That, that could have been used. I agree. You, you, you don't know who to cheer for at that point. You're like, is any? I guess if you're if you're, you're not, cheering for Carnage, you're just like, oh yeah. yes, mash up some more exactly. stuff. Like it's which, which to be fair, it was entertaining. I think it sets the tone of like it's a fun movie. Like, but I, I, I you know, I think it just kind of the action and the quality of the film. I think in some way just declines from that point forward. There's no other action sequences. Even the end, the climax, like Ivan was saying, is like nothing compared to that, you yeah. know? No, no, no. The, the 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 joy of the movie comes from little comedic moments. And I think right. I think yeah. that the, the great it, it's um cleverness becomes the the set piece. Him pretending to be a customs officer. Mm-hmm. Him putting the banana in the tailpipe and sending them a late supper, which I love the term late <laughs> supper. Late supper, yeah. And then yeah. when they ask them about the late supper, and he's like, oh, it was a, it was a shrimp sandwich. With mm-hmm. a little, can I have a little bit more mayo on the thing? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, those are the things that you want to see because, I mean, there's this trope in Hollywood movies. It's the fish out of water story, right? Right. And this is very clearly a fish out of water story. And it, it this reminds me of another great Do 80s. you want to find that for our audience? It's a movie. Where it's like the main character is in a place where he shouldn't be. Much yeah. Almost like, like a fish, fish, fish that's not in the water. water. But, I mean, they did this a lot in the 80s. This was a very popular thing in the 80s. And uh, one I can think of that was also humongously successful was um, Crocodile Dundee, which is the similar, yeah. okay. the similar trope, where, <laughs> which I want to do on this show, actually, because I think, that, I think that movie actually does hold up. I think it's actually Paul Hogan's only good thing he's ever contributed to mankind. Wow. Is that wow. film. Hey, Ow. But, um, that one hurt me. Poor Paul Hogan. He's fine. He's insane. He's fine. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but he's not fine if he's... He's got all that outback residual money from all those various uh, commercials and endorsement spots. And I'm going to admit that I saw Crocodile Dundee Part 2 in the theater. Because you like right Dundee here. 1 so much? <laughs> I guess I did, but that but was... You know. That represents, the again, represents the fatal flaw in trying to make sequels to movies like this because he's no longer a fish out of water if he's already done it once. Right. That's right. the problem. Which is why Part 2 is problematic. <laughs> and that's why Part 3 is even more problematic. Which part 3 is, have, is him in an amusement park where he has... There's the whole time? Well, it takes place. It centers on. I don't. Anyway. I vaguely remember the plot. It has to do with counterfeiting money using uh, an amusement park as cover. Oh. And he dresses up at one point in the movie as one of the characters in the amusement park. Like he wears the like. It's like a Mickey Mouse um, um, facsimile. He dresses up as like this elephant character. It's terrible. Okay, um, <laughs> I don't doubt it. Anyway, so, so anyway, so um, let's get back into the cinematic nature of this film. Let's talk about. Breasts, Martin Breasts. Martin Breasts. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this filmmaker who I think has got this. I sent you guys this article, and I'll link to it in the post on this film on the website. Um, there's this article written on Playboy about how Martin Breast. <laughs> Playboy, mm, really? Perfect. I know it's perfect, right? <laughs> it's this really fascinating long form article, and if you're looking for um, just you know if you want to sit down for a really interesting read, I suggest you check this um, out. And it talks about how he was. He made magic with this movie. This movie was humongously successful. It made a ton of money. It topped the box office. And from there, he was able to make movies such as Midnight Run. Mm-hmm. And then he got a lot of critical acclaim when he made a movie called Son of a Woman with mm-hmm. Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. And then he followed that movie up with... <laughs> we should also do that Meet movie. Meet Joe Black. Meet Joe Black, which was a huge tumbling point in his career because he put a lot into that movie. It was like a three-hour-long opus that sort of just bombed at the uh, box oh, office. Yeah, I remember yeah. And then remember when that came out, he, yeah. he followed it up with a film that was one of the most universally reviled movies of all time called Geely, yeah. which is starring Ben Affleck and, and Jennifer um, Lopez. Jennifer Lopez at their peak of their uh, Benefer stage in their yeah. career. Oh, no, that's the wrong one. That's the, uh, oh, was that Benefer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was uh, what's Jennifer Garner and, and Ben Affleck? I don't no, know. no, no, it was Jennifer Lopez and Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I remember sorry. that. Ben yeah. and Jen? I don't know. <laughs> but he, the thing that's crazy about that is... Um, Jenjamin. 
first off, I haven't seen Geely all the way through. I also feel like that movie was un. I, I'm sure it's not a good movie, but I feel mm-hmm. like it was unfairly uh, the focal point of a zeitgeist against a cultural impact rather than the actual film itself. People what what just, is it about? What's the general? It's in, in about a sentence. mobster who has to uh, who forms a relationship with a woman. He's supposed it's, to kill or something. It's an action comedy. I don't think he's supposed to kill her. He's supposed to protect her or something. I don't. Oh know. yes, she's, yes, she's yes, gay, yes, yes. and I think they're together. They're supposed to bring up an autistic kid back they're to supposed a gangster to, or something. Yeah, they're supposed to um, protect... Did you say like, she's gay? She is. She's a lesbian in the film. I guess. Okay. Um, and I, have to I, bring... seen, I don't remember. But the, I mean, that's, that's an unfortunate example of where society decides that something's going to be bad and it just becomes... Like, like it, Nickelback. Like Nickelback. But Nickelback really is bad. Yeah. Right. But, <laughs> but, but I think there's... Anyway. No, but there's examples of this where... Um, uh, where we as a society say, oh, it's okay to like this bad thing, but it's not okay to like this bad thing. Like we just turn on something, mm-hmm. um, like unfairly. Um, and then after that movie, Martin Brest has never been seen again. People don't even know where he lives. Somebody, I'm sure somebody's seen him. Yeah, but he's, I mean, he hasn't been seen in the film world. <laughs> he's not made another movie. He has. Um, I mean, he was actually nominated for best director for *Sin of a Woman*. So it, it, it's surprising that we haven't seen a movie wow. from him. In a he long just time. he left the Hollywood machine. Almost, you know, to the point like where he Rick just. He, like Moranis, Moranis, Moranis. but uh, I mean, but this is a guy that was incredibly inf- influential. This is a man who Ben Affleck thanked mm-hmm. in when he won Best Director for Argo or Best Picture for Argo. Mm-hmm. He thanked Martin Brest as his inspiration mm-hmm. for becoming a wow. director. Like this is wow. a guy like that had a humongous impact on a lot of people, and then is gone. Poof. And um, I think that that's just fascinating. And I, I think there's a lot of things about this film in general that show that he's just a really cool filmmaker and I wish he would just make, I wish he, I wish he would come back yeah. or I wish he would, uh, he would grace. Martin, his- are you listening? I know why well, I, I know you're listening. <laughs> of course. Come on is. out. All right. Look, you can work with us. We'll, we'll fund it. We'll, we'll work with you. We have all kinds of, you know, we have like great hundred dollars. I have or so something. many great ideas. Yeah. But anyway, at least, I mean, at least guest host the next podcast. Oh, that would be so amazing <laughs> if we brought him back from Hollywood hiding with like a podcast that like four people listen to. Like that'd be so amazing. Like, That'd be such a like a, us a, three and him. That'd be such a wonderful like. You should at least hop on Twitter. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah anyway, um, so yeah, so that was my that was my digression. Um, so yeah, I want to talk about um, the, the one thing I want to talk about this movie is I want to talk about the eighties, guys. I want to talk about. I haven't done that yet. Let's do it. You know, I want saxophones. I want to talk about hair. tropes sure. of eighties movies, and I want to talk about whether or not we can distance ourselves, like, like. Does this movie only work because it's in the 80s now? Like nah. nost- nostalgia ways or... Because uh, no, the scenes that work are... are totally irrelevant to that. Is what yeah. You're it almost... You know, it's weird. It almost feels to me like it could have been made today, but like in the set in the 80s. It doesn't feel like it's it's like really... There's a couple has like some of the clumsy 80s edits in some places and some weird things, but... It doesn't feel to me like, oh, here we go. It's so that the 80s did things. So, At least who, not to me. I, I don't who's know. Who's the guy that said uh, a successful movie needs three good scenes and no bad scenes? That would be um, Stanley Kubrick? Stanley, was that Stanley Kubrick? You sure? Leonard Maltin. Let's just look uh, this up. I don't know. But, but someone famously said that. And I feel like this is probably an example you know, of that No, it's a film movie. critic who said that. I don't know a why. A film critic? Okay. It's like if only we had someone on this show. Because there's really, there's really no scenes. I couldn't think of it. I didn't feel like anything was like painful to watch. Like there was nothing in this movie where it was like, oh, that's bad. Like if you watch some of Beverly Hills Cop 2, it's like, ah, this is really not so good. And a lot of Eddie Murphy's movies later on, especially, um, pretty bad. Howard but, um, Hawks, I believe, said. Oh, Howard Ooh. Hawks. Okay, but I can think Richard of it, I can think of at least three good, really good scenes in this. Movie. I can as well. Yeah, List them for me, Dave. And, Go. And, and, well, like one scene. Well, obviously, the, 
one of the showcase scenes in the movie is when he pretends to be, he's with his friend Jenny, who that relationship doesn't make very much sense. Where he's, oh, no, he's I don't like, know. I'm going to argue with that. So he's friends with, I will argue with that. He's friends with, I guess, the the ex girlfriend of the of his friend that was murdered, right? I think that's who. Oh, I didn't get that at all. Oh, I don't know. I think they're all just child. I think they all just grew up in Detroit. Her name is Jenny. She works in the art gallery, right? And they're friends and they go into this, he's following a lead. He ends up at some place that's obviously a hiding place for cocaine. He pretends to be a a customs inspector and so it's the way he holds up like his wallet and pretends it's a badge and the way he yeah. uh the, just the way he talks well, he to everybody as if, like, don't badge. don't question me like i'll have your job you know like, like that kind of attitude and he's got a very mm-hmm. you know i mean at this point it's it's a, like a, a cliche a stereotype eddie murphy's eddie, like the eddie murphy style of talking talk to people anything, in a way yeah, of not yeah. letting people actually interrupt him or or get a word in so there's that scene. There's the yep. scene where he um, has to has to he lies about whatever it was that happened with the two other cops, and then and the, and, 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 and the, goody, the, and the, the goody two 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 shoe cop. Uh, Such you a know, good he, scene. He and he's like, like that guys, is not what happened. Yeah, the super cop story was working. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love his response like that. That makes the whole scene so much better. He's like, you know, we, we had a really great lie going here, you guys. You really like, and you can see. I think the director, the uh, Bogomil guy, I forget what his, if he's the director, whatever he is. He, I feel like he's even suppressing a smile. He's kind of like he appreciates the fact that he's like, yeah, that they were, that was probably fine. You could have left it there, guys. And the other really good yeah. showcase scene is when he when he uh, walks into the restaurant and uh, he pretends to be uh, the villain's like gay lover or whatever. And, oh you know, yeah, it, it's a little <laughs> casually homophobic, but I mean, it's it's whatever. It's the eighties, and it's well, it's, you know what it is. I think it's anything. <laughs> homophobia like, was everywhere. Yeah, yeah homophobia it was, it was the it. thing to do. Then. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it, I mean, he's clearly. Making uh, whatever it doesn't matter Either because way, it seems I, I, funny. I, you can take and, it and I love being homophobic uh, because it's a big secret that you're not going to want to even get involved in. So it's like, oh, you can go in there and tell him that yourself. I'm not right. getting involved. I mean, in he's this. basically yeah. saying like, I have herpes, and I just want to tell this guy sitting in your expensive restaurant that uh, he needs you know, to, that yeah. he needs to go get checked out or whatever. So you know, I mean, that's the kind of thing. And I think he did that kind of scene in, in Beverly. I don't remember Beverly Hills Cop too. The rest I watched a few minutes of it this time, but I'm assuming he probably. I think he was famous for doing those kind of characters, like the kind of the. the the flaming homosexual kind of character that that uh, is so over the top and that he's not, belie- not believable anymore. But, well, but uh, anyway, so you know, th- those are um, some examples of scenes, and I loved watching him get to beat up Jonathan Banks from from, yes, Breaking, from, from Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. Yeah. yeah, I just started Holy watching. Holy crap! Call- I just realized that. <laughs> yeah, isn't that home. nuts? You didn't place him, him with him with hair. It's uh, hard like with hair, man. Thinner, dark he's the guy hair. Who kills his friend at the beginning. Jonathan yeah, Banks. he's like the big guy. And Mike's what's crazy? Cleaner. I actually just started watching uh, Better Call Saul, and he's yeah. in that. And yep. I'm like, oh, I started going back, also watching terrific. videos of him back in the day. Yeah, and my, I'm like, oh my god, I was just looking at a video the other day. That's crazy. Um, so here's what I'm gonna, wanna... I want to address a couple things that you talked about. Sure. One, I think this movie is for being an '80s film. It's talking about the '80s. I think it's surprisingly open about multiculturalism and um, sexual preference. Um, there's a ton of, I mean, obviously your lead, your lead is black mm-hmm. and you have a lot of, but like even in the police department in Beverly Hills, it's not a whitewash police force. It's a very uh, diverse movie for its time. Right. Like, you know, and um, you know, there, there's all kinds of people represented and there's a, there's a, um, obviously because it's Hollywood, like you were saying, but there's this, there's a gay undertone to so many characters in the movie, mm-hmm. like all of them side characters. Like when he goes up to the buffet just to get the bananas from either Damon Wayne's or one of the Wayne's <laughs> brothers, that character is just... He feels like a, you know he's like a nice, but he's he's a he's a gay guy, but in a way that he's not being made fun of. He's just like you know I'm just gonna give you these bananas. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> and it's just, Do whatever you want with them. And I think that that is like I think that is uh, why the movie kind of just works. It, it feels like it's 
good, nice, not mean, it's not mean spirited. Yeah, yeah that's why like, I don't think, like you said earlier, casually. I'm like, I don't know if it's casually homophobic. I don't, I don't think it, it is. I think it's that one scene, maybe a little bit. I feel, yeah, yeah I, just, I think maybe you're projecting that because you are casually homophobic. If yeah, anything, maybe, maybe. this no, movie no. just <laughs> hates German people. That's really yeah, all it's it casually, could be. It's a lot more casual. But the big thing I wanted to address, and one of my favorite things about the movie, is the female character of Jenny, the friend who lives, you know, in this art gallery. I love that she is not a love interest in this movie. I, yes, I, I, yes, yes. Because I feel like if it was Stallone, if Stallone it, it, was yeah, in this movie, love interest. or if, if it, it was made today, so it, 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 it almost it bothered was, me that she wasn't because, like, well, now he's because black, because so now he's black and he doesn't get to be a love interest. See, okay, I, I understand that point because I think yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah, oh, you can't have an interracial couple be right. the. Head I feel of like this. maybe that was the studio, but I mean, in many ways, it's it's kind of an interracial. Co- I mean, they don't ever get intimate, right? But they're they're traveling around together. They're cl- even him and his friend Mikey are too, like a white guy. There's a lot of quote unquote interracial relationships. In the movie, even if it's not necessarily on a sexual level, like it's still there as a is a, and the fact that she goes with him to the where, which actually I don't even buy, but I mean it's it's definitely a deep friendship between the two of them to the point where they're going to lie to each other or put themselves at risk for the other person. Mm-hmm. So, and I just like the idea. I love this. Like if Stallone, you're right. If Stallone made this movie as he was supposed to, that would have been a love interest. Mm-hmm. There would have been a sex scene. <laughs> there would have been you know yeah. a Top Gun moment with Take yeah, My yeah, Breath yeah, Away. Yeah, yeah. In fact, there half the movie would have been yeah. devoted to it. There, yeah. it. And it would have just Shirtless. taken away from what makes the movie interesting. I don't need to see. I I I think that we don't have this enough in films. Platonic relationships, yes. you can care about platonic relationships. Sure. And I cared about their relationship. I thought it sounded like they had a camaraderie. And when she's kidnapped, I still think that you can be you can be upset that your friend, your was, friend kid, was kidnapped, kidnapped and just because you're not having sex with them. Right. And that's and, what, you know, I feel like that's the thing today. And I think I was on a kick for, I think, four or five podcasts where I was like, I don't buy this relationship. Just keep it as I think it started with, uh, I don't know when it started. Hoosiers was one of them. It's like, this didn't have to be a romantic. Why did it go? They shoehorned a romantic interest in you know, really I, weird people. When people I know are kidnapped, I only go after the ones that are people I've had sex with. Right, and exactly. That's the point. I, mean, I think like today. You're a terrible person, Dave. I, know, it's, yeah. I think it's a Casually cycle. homophobic and only. Like, <laughs> thinking with your wiener. Um, thinking with your glands. Oh, Dave glands. Oh, my reproductive glands. <laughs> so, um, but no, I think like this is kind of like a symptom, symptomatic of like, I think society is just so over-sexualized that everything has to be seen through in some way a sexual lens if you have a close friend with a dude everyone's like oh, are they are they gay what's going on like if you hang out with a girl all the time everyone's like are they hooking up what's going on but like it, it, there are a lot of very good friendships you could have with with women and, it, and it's not it shouldn't boil down to like oh i'm just trying to hook up with this girl and that's it like whatever happened to like the, just a friendship you know a an intellectual yeah. or emotional friendship with somebody that doesn't have to like i like the relationship yeah. in this movie isn't so deep that you really I, you know i think there's enough there man there's enough I, there that they're friends and, yeah, yeah i mean I, I i'll give you that i mean there it's nice that there's a platonic relationship yeah, yeah. in this movie but you know i mean it, it, it's not it's not i mean the, that that character relationship isn't that amazing you know like that it, it's not what i came no, away i think he has strong ones with the cops actually yeah he say. definitely I mean, it's, it's, more, it's more of a bro movie really than yeah, yeah. anything else. it is it's totally a bromance i mean it's yeah. a bromance between him it's a three-way between taggart rosewood <laughs> no. and it's um, a bromance between him and the law <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i mean i but even even taggart <laughs> even taggart and rosewood aren't giving them much screen time but at the end of it you care about their camaraderie yeah mm-hmm. and uh, when he gives them the robe at the end it means something yeah yeah i like that and i think it's even hilarious that they're got, paying for the robe <laughs> they're paying for the robe paying for the robe that he's giving them yeah. i also think it's funny that they thought 230 dollars was expensive for a hotel room right. right. so at the end of the movie so, he just, so eddie murphy comes to beverly hills and he for whatever reason decides he's going to stay in this posh hotel and then at the end of the movie it's like he has no plan like, he, you know, he has no plan to actually pay for this. 
I think that's kind of a so what would have, what would have ways, happened though? if the Beverly Hills Police Department had shown up and says, "Oh, we're taking care of this bill." He would have like he would have <laughs> talked his way out of it, just like he talked his way into the place. He would have he. That's the thing. I think or maybe, he would have just took off and not had to worry about anything. You I know? guess I could yeah I could see a version of this movie where like they don't show up and he just like kind of darts his eyes back and forth and runs out the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, this is where the movie starts to, I mean, as much as or I like love... Michael Jackson ends up paying for it or right. something. Like. As much as I think this movie is a very important comedy, I think it's more than just, I think it's more than just a good movie, Dave. I think mm. it's actually a, a great comedy, like a, a great representation of the form. As much as I say that, there are points where the movie breaks down. And mm. uh, Can I ha- say where it broke down for me? What? <laughs> when, this is, this is not serious, you're laughing. I said, no, no. When I think when what's her name goes with him, or he allows her to come with him, uh, what's her name? J- Jenny. 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 To the warehouse Jenny. and directly put her in harm's way. And especially the second time. At, at like, night or at the end? Both. Both times. The, no, the, I the, agree. The warehouse the first time I could buy that a little bit more because he doesn't think anything is going on. He just wants to look around. But later on at the end when him and a cop and her are going in armed to the teeth and they're like, you don't bring someone there. You can't, like. No, I agree. I agree. I think that any time we start getting into the action beats of the film, like because... And you go into this issue. Eddie Murphy's plan is to go and just bother this guy. Like mm-hmm. that's his. That's his. That's his. That's his cop procedure. Annoy just, him to the point where because the guy he like shows he, his he treats him like cards. he's guilty before he even meets him. Right. Well, and and that's just weird. Well, yeah. There's two. Okay. So because if Eddie, sorry, if Eddie Murphy right shows up in my office acting weird, yeah, I mean. I'm going to want you to leave. <laughs> through a window, sure. And that pr- proceeds oh, to yeah. one of the greatest comedic moments of the film, one of the great one-liners of the movie. is like, what happens if I get thrown out of a car window? Is that jaywalking? Which is <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, um, yeah, but yeah. I, I, I love that he that he just slightly annoys them and that instead of just like escorting, they just throw him out a window. Through, through a plate glass window. And he keeps, <laughs> like, and he keeps like, you know, like, like the glass barely hurts him. I mean, like he, get, he gets right up and there's no like shards sticking it's out of his yeah, arm yeah, or anything. Yeah. <laughs> He's just... Oh, hey, guys, I got thrown through the window. Yeah. But I, so, so the two things, where he bothered Maitland twice, right? The first time, I think it's him just kind of trying to get a read on the situation and get an idea of what this guy's like. So I think he goes up there, and I think after that situation, he's like, okay, I'm, I, this guy is something weird about this guy, right? The second time, I think it's more of an emotional thing where he's showing up like... Just crosses his arms and looks at him and is like, like hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm <laughs> You're in deep. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take you down. Yeah. I feel like at that the second time he confronts him is really more of a personal, a personal thing where he's telling him like you're done for. Um, uh, by the way, what was the deal with the sleeveless sweatshirt? This that was an 80, that was another eighties. That's an eighties thing, man. Definitely, it should never sleeveless have been. shirts, sleeveless sweatshirts. No, like the, but the cut off on a sweat oh, looked horrible. When you got the guns, only, man, you just yeah. show them off. He wasn't showing them off. He was showing off his wrists yeah. with cut off <laughs> baggy oh, I mean, shirts. Andy Murphy wasn't known for his like muscles, and he looked like a homeless guy. <laughs> his comedic muscles, maybe. Well, that's also supposed to show the contrast between this yeah. Detroit oh, cop. Who doesn't even have normal clothes? He's a Detroit yeah. cop. Yeah, well, they they made some clear distinctions Record in the wardrobe here, right? Where he he's walking around uh, uh, Beverly Hills dressed like I mean he's in a like someone who just woke up from uh, yeah or yeah. just came back from the gym or something, right? He's got a sweatshirt on and, and a like a t shirt that says Mumford, Mumford or something. And, Mumford uh, and Sons. You know, yeah. I think that 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 look his look is very important to like like why a lot See, of see that work. wasn't so bad because it seemed like that was kind of like oh I'm casual I got my sweatshirt on mm-hmm. I'm kind of like in it. But then he'd throw on that, that cut. I'm like, oh, dude, it looks like you like peed in that thing and yeah. you He's got a sweat. shitty car, right? His the car, car is his car. I car, love his car, yeah. by the way. I mean... I mean, shitty meaning, you know, it's, it looks... Like the, it looks like a piece of junk compared to the let me, uh, fancy cars in Beverly Hills. Oh, I had I was gonna say something amazing. Hold on, let me try to figure oh, I'm out. Sorry. Let me try to elucidate what that is. Go, go uh, ahead. Okay, well, we'll keep going. <laughs> uh, I, I like the moment where she tells him like, "Hey, so what are you driving now? You still you used to have that really crappy Chevy, Chevy Nova, Nova, right? And yeah. she's like, "What are you driving now?" He's like, "The same crappy Chevy, Chevy Nova, yeah." yeah. 
one of the reasons I think I really like this oh, movie. Oh, here we go. Here we go. And I'm trying to, I think I'm trying to dig down psychologically why Drum it appeals to me. Yeah. And I'm going to try to parse this out. So, <laughs> thank you, Mike. Uh, Sound effects, man. Pachoo, pachoo, pachoo. I love movies. I, and I think that we as filmmakers love this too. We like watching um, uh, a character who's going to be underestimated by people in a film based on his appearance and the way he looks. Mm-hmm. And then he subverts it on them being better than anybody else in right. that, that, mm-hmm. that sequence. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, it's, there's a certain joy. It's a certain like comeuppance that we just love seeing like, oh, you, you totally got your own. It's, it's cathartic. Right. So like watching this guy who ostensibly looks like a homeless person <laughs> and is just, he just doesn't fit in and he's probably too stupid to solve this case no he's smart he's the one that's smarter than everybody else better than everybody else and ends up um you know saving the day at the end and i think that this movie kind of captures that so perfectly and again going back to the analogy to um crocodile dundee it's the uh that's not a knife sequence Mm -hmm. it's the same concept it's here's a guy you're totally out of your league and you have no idea come on you haven't seen crocodile dundee no i haven't seen crocodile dundee (laughs) oh my god but it's the you know that that's not a knife and he's the one that comes out of the upper hand oh my god you're spoiling the best moment of the movie for Mike. Oh, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I can imagine what the scene is. I think you could just say that you don't... Ex- there, Crocodile, Crocodile Dundee is a character where you don't expect something to happen and then something happens. You just, just like there's, there's, Murphy, like, I, there's a joy in watching someone have the upper hand when he doesn't believe he has the upper hand. Right. Or, or, or when other people don't believe yeah. other people Because his character, that's what I like about him is that he's not just this silly, like, goofy... He's a good idiot. cop. He's he's good at his yeah. job. He knows, mm-hmm. he knows how people work. He knows how to, like, yep. you know, work them even against each other or how that works. Mm-hmm. So he's not... And he's kind of putting pieces together. He knows what the process is. Um, it's just that he has this mouth he can't control and he's always making wisecracks and, mm-hmm. you know... It's like what what gets him by is is the fact that I guess people read him as a gen, as a genuine person as a person who cares and so the well cop, they even the mentioned uh, like his boss says he's a good detective he's just right. kind of a pain in the ass so right. like it's it's not that yeah they recognize he's good at his job it's just you know he's a liability right um, so yeah any any final round I mean, table one, I mean one thing we haven't it's, it's funny one thing we haven't mentioned that I mean we did is the music obviously score? no well not the music but the fact that this is a um, a movie that is, I think it came out the year, same year as Ghostbusters, but I think maybe this was the number one it was. movie of 1984. I mean, oh, there weren't the many. I mean, he was really oh. the he was really the first black superstar, right? I mean, there really the city, there were some uh, famous black actors before, except this, uh, Michael Jackson. He, he was an actor, not he was, an actor, he was a singer. Oh, oh, actors only. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, okay. Superstar meaning? Yeah, I mean, you, Eddie Murphy was like. A, You're talking about someone who can sell a movie based on their name. Right. You're talking yeah, about yeah. a movie star. Right. Right. I mean, he. Um, there really weren't actors like Eddie Murphy up until this point. I mean, you can't point to any time in history before this and say like, yeah, there was a guy just like this. I mean, I mean, he kind of. Uh, he was. Um, uh, What's wrong? If <laughs> you were like Doug from Up, anytime something weird happens, you're like, what? huh, what's that? Squirrel. I love that reference. Be Doug cool. from Up is one of, uh, one of favorite characters. Uh, squirrel. Because, squirrel. Because he speaks squirrel. to you. <laughs> totally distracted. He speaks to you as Do a I have person. to wear the cone of shame now? <laughs> yeah, yes, you may have to. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he kind of set this, he's kind of set, uh, what's the word? I'm a benchmark? A benchmark. A benchmark. Oh. Or a new standard for like... Um, for uh, raise the bar. action action comedy stars for sure totally and that's and why this movie is important and also black actors I mean he was like black actors black black actors black actors okay I'll, I'll give you that one <laughs> there probably should be an Academy Award for best black actor I guess <laughs> that would be offensive best <laughs> black it be, might be offensive that'd be really really that would be really bad <laughs> especially if they use that word it's almost offensive bad. as calling an actress an actress she's an yeah, actor right 
We don't have to. We don't have to make it girly. She's an actor, but that's yeah, all right. I guess they should just do male black dress and male. Or male <laughs> okay, <black. laughs> we're, we're digging ourselves oh, into a oh, hole here. Boy, we, got, we should probably get. We got to end this soon. Mike is the one that said it. All right, uh, I sh- I should, I th- Dave's comments do not reflect the right. views of the reviewed podcast. Oh, or me, god. or me. Oh my god. Um, no, my. I guess. Anyways, it, it's not the kind of thing we think about that much now. But I mean, it, it had to have been discussed in like nineteen eighty. I totally agree with you. I think it's a really important moment in in cinema history. Yeah. And I mean, you think about you think about black superstars there's not that many of them no there there is um there's denzel washington Mm -hmm. there's will smith and um that's really it because no you got these line you got uh what's his name you you have a lot of more Forrest whitaker you have Forrest um, whitaker can't bank a movie denzel can kevin hart kevin hart can kevin chris rock at one Um, point chris hart i don't know Chris Rock, I don't think I can mean, make we, a movie. We kind of, we kind of live in. Well, you know what? I mean, the, if we're being Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman doesn't about, sell tickets though. Right, Morgan Freeman's well, just yeah, a guy yeah, you okay. cast. If we're being honest about what sells tickets these days, it's not movie stars as much it's as it used to be, right? I mean, Eddie Murphy was living in it was was a movie star at a time when movie stars really. He sold was in movies. the Tom Cruise age of movie stars when. Uh, yeah. Tom Cruise. But just the idea that you could sell a movie on a name. Right. right you don't right. do that anymore. Right. You don't mm. sell movies on, like, it's more concepts and, like, yeah, we've uh, talked about properties this, and yeah, franchises. We totally now. have talked about this before when we talked about Top Gun, but people don't go see the Avengers movie because Chris Hemsworth is in it. That's right. not why they're going to see right. that film. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think we're I think we're in a post-movie star age in Hollywood. Right. I don't think movie stars matter anymore. Right. And um, this was definitely kind of at the peak of the movie star era, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, and totally uh, he agreed. was uh, he was a he was a groundbreaking uh, star, I would say, and this was a groundbreaking performance. Okay, regardless so was, of regardless of the plot, whether or not you think that, yeah, I, that's a fair point. I think yeah, that's a good yeah, way to yeah. I think that's a good way to close it out, Dave, because I think you're kind of lukewarm on the movie as a whole, but you're you're willing to recognize that the performance alone course, is willing to kind of yeah. separate it around. So, any final thoughts as we kind of close it out? As we're kind of nearing on an hour here, so I thought we'd oh, shut it down because um, no one's listening anymore. Shut it down. So, um, Mike, any ah, final thoughts? Uh, I, I like it. Like I. I think I've said everything. I think I've. Have you guys uh, been to Beverly Hills? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, I've taken a picture by the sign and pointing at it oh, like okay. a real idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the uh, police, the, the city hall they use as a police station in the film. I think oh, I've nice, also did nice. a picture pointing at that like okay. another idiot. So, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lots of idiotic pictures of Ivan pointing at things. <laughs> Ivan pointing at things. <laughs> That's pretty much every vacation picture <laughs> I've ever taken. You make me pointing at yourself like, hey, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a picture. <laughs> You're taking <laughs> a picture of me. Every photo is just me pointing at myself. No. My final thoughts are. I, 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 it's fine. This movie's good. I think people should see it. I wouldn't put it on my shelf, but I agree. it's good. I was just going to say, um, not, not the shelf, but I would uh, recommend it. This is it. a shelf movie for me. It's yeah. a YouTube clip-watching movie. This is a shelf movie for me, and I think that it's, I think it's important, and I uh, <laughs> think it's real important, guys. And right. it, it really did. Go. At, at a time of political upheaval, this really cemented a lot of the Spiral's values co- that country together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, I think that, you know, it, it was definitely, I'm, I'm glad I got a chance to rewatch it, and um, hopefully you listening along with us we're able to rewatch it as well so mike closing out this podcast where can people find you on the internet you could you could find me at uh, <laughs> i thought you, you you're, you're like uh tinder uh <laughs> no 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 stay do not look for me on tinder uh, mikemirandi.com you can find me on um twitter at mike Mirandi. um on <laughs> and nowhere and nowhere else ever. No, uh, what's the? He's not actually. I can't, I can't think dribble, of it now. Dribble, you're on dribble. J date. I'm on J date. Mm. I'm not, the I'm, lone Italian J-date. on J date blends right in. Hey, yeah, you know. Oh, Dave's a, a J date star actually. I'm, I'm a J date success story. Yeah, a J date <laughs> cash crop actually. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> um, 
Dave, Dave, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on not J Dave. You can find me on uh, Dave at Dave Glanz on Twitter, G L A N Z, and DaveGlanzProductions.com. And also, if you go to Dave Glanz, G L A N D S dot com, you won't find that Dave, but you'll find you'll find you'll go down some weird corners in the internet. Porn star doppelganger. It's the guy dressed up as Dave Glanz from the podcast. Yes, right. He's got a mic and a pop filter right here. Those motion graphics. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, uh, you and can, he's delivering pizza. You can find me on Twitter at, at Ivan Kander, and you can find me. <laughs> this has devolved really fast. Uh, and you can I, I write for a website called shortoftheweek.com, so you can go to that website to see my writing and curation. If you details. want to hear any more after this podcast, I don't know if you will want to do that. Um, yeah. So, uh, Dave, what's our next film? All right, it's my choice, and uh, for whatever reason, I decided on True Romance, which is uh, directed by Tony reason. Scott, who directed Beverly Hills Cop 2, starring Christian Slater, written by Quentin Tarantino, and before yeah, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, this is a yeah, this is going to be a fun... I haven't seen this movie in quite a while, so I'm excited to rewatch it. So yes, next film we're going to be talking about is True Romance. I don't believe... Co-starring Oscar winner Patricia Arquette. I don't believe it's available to stream uh, anywhere i'm trying to find out right now Not legally i gotta pay money for one of dave's <laughs> picks come on uh nope yeah. only on dvd okay so yeah i think i may own it on dvd i have to search through my okay dvd collection anyway that's so I, closing out this podcast listen to your dvd collection <laughs> now here's me searching the internet uh if you want to um, find us on the web you can do so at reviewpodcast.com here's ivan rifling through his dvd collection <laughs> facebook.com slash review podcast and you can email us here. at contact at reviewpodcast.com if you enjoyed what you listened to and god knows you probably have it, you can probably <laughs> su- you can subscribe to us on itunes and give us a review there as well so thanks so much for watching and listening and we will see you next time Says right before he's like, you think I'm fucking stupid? I know what you did. Mm. Oh, oh, so good! Oh, whoa, holy shit, dude! <laughs> I hope were you recording your chair? It just collapsed. Yeah, th- whoa! Oh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> man. Let's see if the other chair is any better. <laughs> oh my! I almost died in Dave's basement. <laughs>